This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Philly's Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined by my partner in crime and looking uh, still looking tan. John, you haven't lost your summer tan yet. Well, uh, Tom, I've actually uh, was on the golf course yesterday, and it was no. very hot. Yeah, well, you know what? This year, don't say that, because I haven't golfed you as much that. this year. You've been out like 47 times. I have? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Yes, I am tan. Well, I'm nice. part Cuban, too. So yeah, yeah, you got that in you. And uh, also, we have a great guest today, John. Uh, one of our favorite players, one of our favorite guys. Milt Thompson's here with us. How you doing, Milt? I'm doing all right. How you guys doing? You know, Milt is one of, speaking of golf, Milt's one of these go-to guys. Yes. That uh, He's on my list of people that uh, when people say we need celebrities for a charity golf tournament, you call Milt. Not only will Milt answer his phone, but he's, uh, unless there's something that he's got pressing or you know, conflict in the schedule, he's in all the time. So one of the go-to people, Milt. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate it, you know. Yeah. How's your game, Milt? Are you? Uh, I'm a bogey golfer. I shoot in the low 90s. Okay. I can putt big time. <laughs> are you, are you, I forget. Are you lefty? I'm lefty. Yeah, you are lefty. Do you know one time, uh, Tom, at Milt, I don't know if you remember this story. Um, we were golfing with uh, Ricky Batalico, and Milt, I think, was – on another hole, but he was coming up the other fairway and he was in the woods talking on the cell phone to somebody and R- Ricky tees off and it goes, it's literally coming right at Milt and he's on the phone and he throws the phone, dives out of the way. Ricky Batalgo almost killed Milt Thompson. Right? No four or anything. No, no four or anything. Right, right. Another, another lefty. So, yeah. Well, it's great, Milt, and uh, we're happy you can uh, be here. It's great, John, right? I mean, we're living our dream, aren't we? I mean, uh, all some of our favorite players, and we get to interview them every week, and uh, Milt is right in that class. Yep. It's awesome. And we, we've uh, we've actually interviewed a lot of 1993 guys yeah. this yeah. year, right? We've had some 2008 guys. We have some 1980 guys. But, uh, yeah, right. so I, I can't wait to hear some stories yeah. from the 93 season. Well, we like going back into a player's career, Milt. And, uh, you know, you were drafted by Atlanta. And actually, before that, I mean, you, you grew up in Washington, D.C., right? Were you a, a – and when I looked up the years, it looked like the original Senators team left when just – you know, you were really small, but then the expansion Senators team came in uh, till about 71, I think. Were you a Senators fan growing up? No, I was a Baltimore Orioles fan. Oh, Orioles. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, I was born in D.C. and then we moved to, to Maryland, uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland, which is right next to Rockville, a major hub there in Maryland. And um, no, Washington had left, so 
I just how about it? it. Uh, you know, watching Brooks Robinson, Blant, that whole that whole team, Boog Powell, you know, Paul Blair. It was just a lot of fun watching Frank Robinson. Forget about that. Yeah. All those guys. What a great club they had back then. Yeah, and their pitching staff too, right? Jim Palmer and that whole. Uh, what was their claim? Five, to fame? five twenty game winners. Yeah, five twenty game uh, winners. Palmer, McNally, McGregor, McGregor, and uh, Stone. Yep. Yep. And I love that old, I lived in Baltimore um, and that old uh, Orioles stadium was great. Right. Memorial, Orioles stadium. Memorial, yeah. Memorial stadium. Sorry. Memorial Memorial stadium. Right. Yeah. Memorial stadium. And then they obviously moved to Camden yards, which became the blueprint for all the new ballparks. Uh, yeah. Um, and what, you know, so yesterday, again, going back to golf, I had to take, um, I had to take Bobby. I picked up Bobby Chance. Okay, uh, Bobby Chance lives uh, one town away from where I live, and I've met him before at certain tournaments. Never really had a chance to talk to him, so he's 95 years old, and you know, so I pick him up, and I, the the tournament was about an hour away, so I had an hour with him in the car, and I got to tell you, Mild, it was like a walking history. Mm. It was so cool. This guy that's actually played, you know, against, faced Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio, and you know, uh, Hank Aaron on on Hank's early side. You know what I mean? Just and and all the different Yogi Berra and the stories he was telling was unbelievable. So I knew I was talking, you know, we were going to talk to you today and he's bringing up all these names. That's kind of the cool thing. You've played for you know, a bunch of teams. As Tom said, you played with the uh, Braves and obviously the Phillies. You went to Cardinals, Astros, Dodgers. So for all these different organizations, and, and you've also worked as a coach in different organizations, like that's just some of the people like you get to, you know, Cardinals, like, did you get to know um, some of the, uh, um, did you, the Wizard, Wizard right, of Oz, right. you know, the, that whole Willie McGee, you know, Coleman. Uh, actually, when I went there, Tommy Herr came here. Right. You know, but yeah, that that whole red machine, you know, not Cincinnati, but we're talking about St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, what a great baseball city, mm. you know, because there wasn't a lot going on. You know, the football team left and, you know, all you had is hockey and, and baseball. But how about like Stan Musial? Does Stan Musial, yeah, like, you know, when around. you're around here, you get the Mike Schmitz and you used to have Robin Roberts and, and you know, used to have Richie Ashburn, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, with the Braves, they're, they're probably some of the old, well, Hank Aaron, obviously. Yeah. And then the Cardinals, you have Stan Musial and a bunch of other guys. Like, like is that kind of the cool part about working or playing for an organization like that? Like, seeing those living history? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I, I can remember Stan Musial always had a harmonica with him. He always yeah, played yeah. a harmonica. You know, it's really cool. And, uh, you know, we had Ray, Red Shandix on our staff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was our bench coach. And, uh, man, the stories he would tell and stuff, it was really incredible. And then every year uh, we would go to uh, the, the farm there, the bushes had. Right. They had all those different animals and the Clydesdale. Yep. Man, it was pretty cool. And when you were with the Braves early on, were there guys in that organization too who took you under your wing or under their wing? Or I think in the minors, I learned a lot from mm -hmm. uh, you know Cleve Boyer, um, mm -hmm. Luke Appling. What a what a thrill to see mm -hmm. a guy like that is sit on the bench and be trying to spit. And he spit all over the front <laughs> right. of his shirt, tell, <laughs> telling old stories how he didn't like the umpire and he called a bad pitch on him when the pitch came in. He spit chewing tobacco on the ball and it splattered all over. <laughs> The catcher and the umpire, he, he was, uh, had Smokey Burgess. I mean, it was just, oh we were God. just, you know, it was amazing and going up through that system. I guess that's why they got pretty good after a while yeah. being around, you know, legends like that. Yeah. Well, it was funny because, again, talking to Bobby, Bobby Shantz, mm -hmm. you know, I said, uh, we were talking, I said, how about the guy, Bobby, uh, last week who threw 116 pitches through eight innings, had a no hitter, and then they took him out, you know, for the Brewers. Uh, was it Burns? Was yeah. that, 
right? Burn. Oh, right. Yeah. Threw out the dough in, and then they put hater, hater, hater in for the night. Yeah. And, and he did. <laughs> I knew the reaction I was going to get. And he said, I had 27 complete games in 1950-something. Right? I was like, it's a different era. Yeah. Right? And he won the MVP award. He won the MVP in 1952. 52. And he's he's a really short guy, but always in great shape. Like, I can't believe he's 95 now. I I got a chance to meet him a few times, John. And uh, I was always amazed. And, you know, he was in his 80s. But I think he golfed a lot and just always in great shape and a sharp mind and yeah, I think living his, legend. I think his li- listed height was 5'6". Right. Still, it's not big. And the story you told me was, I mean, it's not like he went to college and got drafted and was a, you know, he's a guy that just got kind of right place at the right time and did well. And then just next thing you know, someone found him and, and he just kept doing well. But then he was saying he pitched well against the Yankees because the Yankees were all back then um, were all home run or fastball hitters. And his fastball was basically, I guess, a modern day changeup, right? <laughs> but he could locate, he could change speeds, he could, you know, he was basically a pitcher, mm. you know, not a thrower. Awesome. I remember um, a quick story about yesterday because I was there too with the golf. Yep. Uh, Tom Lemieux asked him about Babe Ruth. He goes, uh, um, he came up two years after Babe Ruth retired. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> like I said, that's a living legend. Well, right and, there. and and his la- his, you know, who his first manager was. His first manager. Now, I'll give you a hint. Connie Mack. Connie Mack. Sure. So when yeah. you see Connie Mack, you know, yeah. you see the black and white pictures with the, you know, with the stove top hat and whatever, yeah. right? Like, uh, I mean, Connie Mack, that was his first awesome. manager. Is that unbelievable? Bobby Shantz. Got to love it. You, that was a great car ride. Or, were you just firing questions at him? For, did you give him a quiz? <laughs> I did not give him a quiz, but I, you know what? I was thinking that, you know, maybe this could be, a, you know, another podcast subject, but it just, it, he was very lucid and, and yeah, yeah. again, just, he was telling stories about Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin and, you know, I could just sit, I could, I wish I had like a 10 hour ride with a guy. Well, it's kind of like, not that Charlie's as old as Bobby Shantz, but Charlie is oh, seen a lot in his career. How, how long can you just sit there and, oh and, and talk I mean, to Charlie, Milt? It's amazing. I mean, I first met Charlie, um, when he came over here as an advisor and, and we were going through the, I was uh, doing the outfield base running in the minor leagues and uh, we would meet up all the time and man, all he would do is just talk baseball. He talked mm-hmm. about his time over in Japan, yep. which was pretty amazing. You yeah, know, yeah. All those years to go over there and play over there. And, uh, you know, he just, if you're not talking hitting, you're not talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he just, he just loved to talk about the game and, you know, try to work with these kids and get them to understand what this game was really about. You know, yeah. it's about, you know, staying focused and concentra- concentrating on what you need to do out there as a player. It, it amazes me. Uh, there was a game on, I think it was Tampa and Toronto the other day. First guy up hit a line drive to left field. The left fielder makes a nice play. He goes back to his position. They're showing him, and he picks a card out of his pocket. I'm like, it's the second player of the game. You right. don't know where to play him? Yeah, right. that's crazy. He had <laughs> meetings. Just, it drives me crazy. I was like, Vuk's probably turned. Uh, right. Vuk's not watching anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Vuk so, has t- turned it off yeah. up there. Uh, but, but even like in 2008, you're the you're the hitting coach, right, yeah. for the Phils. And you have Charlie Manuel, who's the manager, who's you know known as the hitting guru, right? So how did that interaction play with Charlie? Like, did he just kind of let you totally do your thing? Would he come in and kind of give tips to some of the guys? Or did he kind of just not want to mess with that he just pretty much let me do my thing because all the time we talked in the minors and and got to know each other and our hitting philosophies kind of matched right up, right right up so he just let me go in and do my thing with the guys which was was really cool man that he trusted me enough to just hey Mel, that's go do your thing i'm not mm. worried about it I'm worried yeah, about it all and another thing too is is you know what i love about milt is that you know back then um 
we'd have tons of celebrities coming through. You know, when the team's <laughs> good or hot, you get a lot of all the celebrities want to kind of they're coming to town. They want to come to the Phillies game. And so I can't, there was countless people I'd bring into the cage, you know, uh, and Milt would give them yeah. batting tips. Remember we had Dwight Howard, I think in there we had, a, how about that? He went in there and he was hitting right-handed and then Dwight Howard. Yeah. And, then, and then he goes, Oh, I must be left. And he gets on the left side. He starts killing balls. Is that right? He had no idea what, <laughs> yeah, that was what Jameer Nelson would bring the uh, Orlando Magic the Orlando 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 yeah. team yeah. over. And, uh, one of my favorite ones, it was poor John Runyon. Oh. I mean, this guy is huge, a monster. He yeah. couldn't even make contact. He was so big. He right. <laughs> yeah, they're so big. He, they he, can't. Could, he couldn't uh. make contact. But if he you, did. Yeah. Who else are some of the celebrities you remember? Because, again, I brought tons of guys oh, down man. there. Like, oh, whether it's, How about Meatloaf? <laughs> Didn't Meatloaf? Well, he came, well, he came back at the vet. That was back, oh, in, okay. that was back in the mid-90s. All right. Come on, man. You're, you're going way back. Right? I just remember when Meatloaf was here. It was so cool. Well, back in the vet, at the vet, I remember when I was playing. When you used to have the double hitters, where you had time in between the double hitters, and, yeah. and the one time they had Barkley and uh, oh yeah, yeah, remember all those guys? Yep. Yep. Sean Bradley. Well, yeah. my, actually, it was one of my, my first year. I think yeah. it was '94. I think it was '94, and and we had a I or, I helped organize this um, hitting contest, and it was Sean Bradley, it was Rod Brindamore from the uh, Flyers, it was Eric Allen from the Eagles. Um, it was Larry Christensen was a former Philly. And then we had some media people. I know Yuki uh, Washington and Gary Papa yeah. and we got Ray Coob. And we had yeah. a really fun. And Jeffrey Lurie, it was Jeffrey Lurie's first year. He just became the owner. And he ended up winning because the, 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 the contest was, you know, we called it home run hitting contest. But really, I guess we had points. If you hit it, you know, to the infield, you get a certain amount of points. You hit it past the dirt, you get a certain amount. And he was, like, kind of punching Judy. Huh. And he was, he did it smart. He just that? was hitting little line Wouldn't drives. Wouldn't think that. He doesn't look very athletic, Jeffrey Lord. <laughs> well, he was, he was smart. He was hitting everything, yeah. you know, accumulating the points. Level swing. Whereas everyone else is going for the home run. And it counts if you swung and missed. You know, you're... you're <laughs> Yeah, so... Uh, wow, it kind of sounds like today's game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I get out of that, too? What I get out of that, what I get out of that too, John? I was going to say say to Milt, like, Milt, you're you're just a natural coach, you know? I mean, here, you know, you're giving tips to guys in, at, you know, at the cage, And you I know? still remember, sorry, but yeah, I still yeah. remember Milt would be like, you chop down like you're chopping wood, right? Yeah, yeah. Always, well, that was Mike like, Schmidt's philosophy, yeah. right, Milt? Yes. I mean, he was a guy yes. who swung down on the ball, right? As a matter of fact, when uh, I was a hitting coach here, I used to bring Smitty in to spring training and those guys would get so mad because he'd put that little uh, part down in front of the case. Every time guys would try to hit up and hit the net and they'd get so mad. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Quick story about Smitty. Um, Together, same hitting group for three years. Did not hit one home run in three years of batting practice. Hmm. You're kidding me. Mike Schmidt. I'm dead serious. Really? Did not hit one home run. Because he was just working on going the other way. See, in in batting practice, all I'm trying to do is prepare myself for the game. He's hitting hard ground balls and line drives consistently. Huh. Then in a game, he takes that same swing with that velocity on the ball and hmm. see you later. And that's what it is. Just yeah. the velocity uh, velocity on the ball. Yes. Well, it's almost has like, that it's kind almost of like golf wow. when you say, let the, you know, let the club do the work. Right, right. Don't don't try to overswing. Hmm. Right? And it's uh, another another one. Do you remember? Um, I guess you weren't in ni- This is early mid nineties too. We had Stone Cold Steve Austin. Remember the wrestler? Yeah. Talk about when you when you said you know big uh, <laughs> Runyon. So Stone Cold Steve Austin, huge wrestler. So he wanted to come down to take batting practice. Again, this is mid nineties and the height of his fame, right? So Terry Francona. Whenever Terry was our manager, Terry was our manager, and I said, Hey Terry, uh, I've got Stone Cold. You know. Uh, can you, can you, you're going to ready to throw. And Terry said, Hey John, do me a favor. Um, 
I've got to do a couple things. Just take the balls out there. Just start pitching to him, and then uh, and then I'll eventually relieve you. But just get, go for like five ten minutes. So I go out there, and I'm in my khakis and golf shirt, whatever. I go out to the talk about unathletic. Hey, hey, three twelve. That's enough. Milk can tell another story. So it's like three. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Three thirty in the afternoon. So all of a sudden, the the WWF camera is like rolling. Right, we're playing the Orioles. The Orioles start coming out to watch. Our guys start coming out to watch. So now there's like pressure on me. (laughs) Will Clark was on the Orioles, and Will Clark yells out, "Hey, buddy, want to throw a little harder?" So I'm looking at him like, "Geez, you know." So (laughs) I I I try to throw as hard as I can, which is not very hard. And the ball escapes. I don't throw. It it comes towards his head. Now it's not going to hit him, but he like a wrestler, like he's an actor. He basically pulls away, and then he starts running at me (laughs) at the mound, and he's got his bat in his hand. I don't know whether he's kidding or not, and I (laughs) I take off. And I start running into right field, <laughs> and then and he catches up to me. The cameras start rolling, and uh, whatever is not my not my brightest or my, my proudest moment. <laughs> uh, but but no, Milk comes down to fantasy camp yeah. every year. Uh, and do you remember Milk? I was you. I was I never play. We never play. And sure enough, Milwaukee talkie lights up. Is John Brazier around? We, someone just broke his arm. We need Brazier to get in uniform. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How'd he hold up? Brazier Bill? was okay. Yeah, He's right. okay, you know? <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's all Mel's saying. Hey, let me tell you something. This game's not easy. It's it is not, not easy. easy. This no. game is I not hear easy. You. Well, you know, ask the what, camera. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. And, and you can ask Charlie about me because Charlie saw me oh. play. And someone said, hey, someone asked him at dinner, said, Charlie, what did you think of Brazier? He goes, I uh, wish I hadn't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> and Milt's also been in commercials. One, one of my favorite commercials. Tell him about the one where, you know, th- there's their basically fantasy camp commercial where you were, uh, they're telling you where to hit it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a fun commercial. You know, um, I go, what do they say? Left field line. Right chalk, field, yeah. chalk, you know, Wall. caterer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that and guy cater- on the phone. <laughs> yeah, then there's a guy on the phone. That was me on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. then the last one was a uh, guy putting flyers yeah, on the cars Kevin out in the outfield. Yeah, yeah. It was Kevin Stocker Kevin putting Stocker. the ball. Uh, yeah. It's a great commercial. Oh, man. Oh, God. They have a great time. It's a lot of fun down there, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you if, you, if you really love baseball and you want a great experience, man, you got to go to Fantasy Camp. It is. I, oh, you know, God. I'm working. Kurt's working. And yeah. something you come down sometimes. Yeah. Time, and, oh, sure. And it's, it's, you know, it is great. Uh, who, now, who do you pair? They always always have the um, the legends with somebody coaching a team. Mm-hmm. So who do you pair with again? I'm usually with Duncan. Duncan, that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> Duncan. Uh, and then, then the funny thing is they have to they have to draft guys. So they basically, you know, they all look at all the rookies that are out there in their uniform, like hitting and pitching, and and they're they're trying to find like the sift the, through the uh, yeah. They're trying to find that you know. No, actually, we're looking at medical reports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anybody well. uh, anybody under seventy is good to go after day one, right? There's a long line to get in to see that trainer. Those trainers make pretty good tips. <laughs> <laughs> and Milk can still hit, hit too, because they, they play against the Legends on Sunday, the last day. Uh, and, you know, they got to go up and take their hacks yeah. and, and play the field. Well, the whole key to that is that whole day I never set out because it's 30 innings. Okay. So I, I play the whole time. Then afterwards I go get in a whirlpool and. Because if you Summer sit down, you're, you're not, not getting back up. Not, not getting back up. <laughs> and you're in great shape, right? Do you do you work out regularly? Yeah, I still, still work out, but still, it's different when you like. I'm 62 now, so yeah. it's not easy. <laughs> and it's the same routine you did as maybe like somewhat similar routine when you were younger, or yeah, like workout, or do you do, do yeah. you 
do it differently? Um, now I maybe lift maybe two days a week, but it's mostly uh, I do like at least ten thousand. Most of the time, I get twenty thousand steps a day. Wow! Whew. Look at that. Where does the fanatic get in? No more running. No, no more running. That's done. <laughs> That's I mean, done. No more running. Done. It's tough on the back, that oh, running. Yeah, you don't need that. But you know what I was saying, Milto? You're, you're like a born coach. And you know, I was talking to Kurt Funk uh, earlier today. He was psyched that you were coming in. Kurt, who works here. I'm like, hey, you got any good Milt stories? He's like, you know, all I know about Milt is those Sunday morning clinics where you'd have to be in early, you know, our sponsors get a chance to bring their uh, kids down and, you know, you can get a hundred kids down here on a Sunday morning. He said, Milt would be on his knees teaching some eight year old kid, you know, uh, how to swing a bat. But you just seem to have that born, you know, coach in you. Is there a, a, a coach or a manager that you looked up to that you maybe one day click like, you know, maybe uh, I, I'd want to get into coaching? Well, uh, one of my first coaches was uh, uh, Ralph Gar, and okay. you talk about a person full of energy and having a good time. And I learned a lot from him. Uh, and then I had Eddie Haas, who was a big, good friend of Hank Aaron's in the minor leagues. He's one of my managers uh, for like three years in in the minors. And these guys, they were tough, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I can remember my first day in Double A in batting practice. I uh, get in the cage, you know, same routine, two bunts, hit and run, then you get your swings. Well, I think my second swing after the hit and run, I hit a ball in the air. He goes, get out, get out of my cage. He goes, you will not hit in my cage if you don't hit the line drives or hit balls on the ground. Wow. Not going to hit. And then uh, one of our kids, a second-round pick, Matt Sinatra, he was a catcher, played a little bit in the big leagues with, uh, I think, Seattle. He gets in the cage first day, and he's hitting, and then the last one he goes, all right, hit this ball and run the third. He's like – Run the third, <laughs> you know, just to see if you're going to listen. Just right, to right, listen right. to what he's telling you to do. <laughs> well, that's not your style, though, Milt. I mean, Milt, Milt, have you ever seen Milt yell at anybody, John? No. No. Well, and the, and the other you ain't seen me around Victorino. <laughs> <laughs> he needed it, I'm oh sure. Now, the question, the question I love to throw to people, uh, former players, is, you know, at what point, I know you played uh, baseball at Howard, uh, and then obviously get trapped. So at what point um, – could be high school, could be at Howard, could be. What point did you say, you know what, I got the tools to actually uh, make it as a Major League Baseball player? Well, the funny thing is, um, growing up, I was fortunate enough, my grandfather, my dad, and my uncle barnstormed in the Negro Leagues. Mm. So I was always around the game of baseball. And I guess it was my determination because my first day of Little League, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to second base because, you know, Jackie Robinson was the first African-American yeah. to break the color barrier. So I'm like, I want to go play second base. I'm going to be like Jackie Robinson. I ran out there, fielded the first ball, and threw it left-handed. Hmm. And they're like, you cannot play second base left-handed. You can't turn a double play. So I go home upset, mad. I'm like, Dad, they're telling me I can't play second base because I throw left-handed. He goes, you want to play second base? I said, yeah. Learn right-handed. I learned, Is that I, right? I learned how to throw right-handed. The next season, I played second base. Wow. Just determination, I guess. that I had that in me, that will to, you know, when someone tells you you can't do something, yeah. <laughs> you know. So obviously you stayed right-handed. Yeah, I stayed right-handed after that and, you know, went through, you know, Little League and American Legion stuff. Then I got to high school, and I'm like, man, it's fun out here in the outfield chasing balls down. Yeah, I could run a little bit, so, yeah. I said, okay, so in high school out. you started feeling that you had some, you know, that yes. potential talent, yes. right, which obviously took you to Howard and then get drafted. Well, going, going back to that, can you throw left-handed right still, now? I still throw BP both ways. Is that right? Yeah. 
I didn't did know that. I did not know that. I could well, never nobody, do that. John, could you nobody, do that? I well, could. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> well, it's funny because I call myself semi-ambidextrous because I can I can throw a football. I can throw left hand. I'm left-handed anything two, two hands. Ice yeah, hockey, hockey, lacrosse. I probably should be a lefty golfer. But you think you can throw left-handed decently? No, I mean no, I, no. I can throw. I can throw without you knowing which hand I am. Huh. Uh, if, if if I'm within twenty yards, hmm. I can throw a football perfectly. But that's I mean yeah. we had Billy Wagner on a couple of years ago, and you know similar circumstances, but yeah, a little different that he broke yeah. his arm, yeah. and then yeah. he was forced that's to it. do yeah. that. Right? It was your determination. Yeah. Well, it was his determination too. But uh, that's that's crazy. That's well, I, I've known you for all these years, and I never knew that. Yeah, you know, somebody called me the other day. And said, "Yes, yeah, Smitty's telling your story on about that on the uh, on the mm-hmm. air the other day." But uh, Mattingly was the same way. Really, Mattingly oh. can throw both ways. Matter of fact, our last game in uh, um, baseball and in the minors, we both played the different hand. Huh. <laughs> he was with the Yankees, and I and I was uh, I was of course with the Braves. So did you go all four years at Howard, or did you leave early? For, I left early. So you left yeah. early after your second year mm-hmm. or sophomore year? Yeah. Okay. Um, so then you get drafted by the Braves, right? And you're in the Braves organization. You, you're in the minor leagues. You what spent two years, I think, in Atlanta, right? Yeah. And then you get traded to the fight and fill. Great trade, by the way. Tra- yeah. We got you and Bedrock, Bedrock. Steve Pedrosian, Ferrazzi, Virgil, and Pete Smith. Yep. Yep. That's a great trade. When you came here, did you um, uh, did you know much about the team? Uh, you know, well, I knew um, a couple of players, Smitty, of right, Schmitty, Max, yep. and all those guys uh, yep. that were all stars and had, had great seasons. But back to the the Brave story, I went from rookie ball to Double A in a year, hmm. huh. and then I spent the next three and a half years in Double A. Dale Murphy was in front of me. Oh. See, that's what people don't understand, you know. Yeah, imagine, timing's everything, you know, right? Imagine being the guy behind Gripkin. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah I mean? exactly. Well, We're behind Schmidt. It's Ryan yeah. Howard behind Jim Tomey. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. right. You know who gets blocked. Yeah, right. But the, the the thing was, what helped me out was in in uh, 1984 they came up with the new minor league six year free agent rule. Because I I did something I don't know if anybody else has done. I played in a major league game before I ever got invited to spring training or played in a mm. spring training mm. game, big league spring training game. Wow. Mm. So um, they came up with the six-year free agent rule in uh, 1984, and they knew they were going to lose me, and they called me up to the big leagues right at the end of the uh, mm. the AAA season in 1984. Mm. The rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> you know? history. So, so like that, you said, timing and breaks yeah. are everything. I yeah. tell guys that all the time, you know? So, yeah, so they, then you get traded again from Philly to the Cardinals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for Steve Lake and Kurt Ford. Uh, Cardinals got the best of that deal. (laughs) Well, yeah, you had a a great year in 1991. Hey, John, before you you go on, let me just ask one, because in looking this up, I forgot about this, Milt, and then I was like, wait, I kind of remember it, but I didn't remember your role in it. 1986, it was your first year with the Phillies. Don Carmen was throwing a perfect game. So, uh, in the ninth inning, I guess a ball was hit out towards you. Mm-hmm. Was it, uh, and they called it a hit. Is it a ball? I don't remember the play. Did, would I you can tell you the exact play. The ball was hit, and yeah. I wasn't going to make excuses because the ball was in the sun. But I'm not going to make excuses. I, sh- I should, still should have caught the ball. Uh. And it hit off the end of my glove. Uh. You know, and I, and, and I was running, and I didn't make the play. And, but if, it, it, could I, you have, I mean, is it a ball that you normally or could have made? or? I mean, I make that play routinely. Uh, <laughs> you know uh, what I'm saying? That's why it really, it really hurt me. And you know, it was tough. Yeah. It's tough. You know, when you every, whenever there's a situation like that, when a guy has a, a situation to do something incredible, and and I can tell you, remember when we, um, who was it? It might have been uh, Moyer. 
Who was it that was pitching here when um, we put Glanville in for defense and he's throwing a no-hitter? Uh, God, who was that? I can't think. I don't know. I can't remember either. Somebody here was throwing throwing a no-hitter. I I do remember that. And Glanville didn't get to the ball? or uh, Yeah. ah, Yeah, I can't remember who that was. I mean, when, when, in that situation, like, mm. like I, I always think, like, I don't know who's more nervous, the pitcher <laughs> who's one out away from, uh, or if you're an infield or outfield, like, at that oh, time, are you saying, are you saying, please needles. hit it to me or please <laughs> don't hit it to me? It's pins and you just want to make a play. Right. Him. You want to make a play yeah. for him. I'm not saying don't hit the ball, but I'm, I'm just whatever I need to do to make a play right. for a guy right there. It's, it's, it's really. Um, Unbelievable! It's like this year, all the no hitters at the beginning right. of the year. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and I know you're going through it, John. But you know, you you, you went away. But then when it came to free agency, you came back uh, here for you know in '93. And I, was, I always think of you as a Philly guy, right, John? I mean, yeah. Milt is a Philly guy. Was there something? Because when you were here those first few years, it was, you know, it was, you know, John Felski, the manager, some kind of rough years there. The Mets had their big year that, you know, even though I guess the, we still had a winning record, you know, the Mets went on a tear, obviously, in, in 86. But uh, was there something that brought you back in 93? Did you want to be a Philly again? And did you see what was, yeah. what was coming? Potential. Nobody else. I don't think, I don't think Milt saw that. None of the writers saw it. Not a lot well, of people saw it. The thing is, I had two options on the table. Mm. Montreal or Philadelphia. Ah, come on. And yeah. I'm so comfortable. I played here before. I said, I'm going back to Philadelphia. <laughs> that, that was an easy choice. But, you know, to tell you guys the truth, in spring training, I knew we were going to be. Yep. After we got the spring training together, I knew we were going to be good. What were the signs, Mel? Well, number one, we are unselfish. Um, you look at that team, and I say this all the time. Name me another team that had three platoons. Yep, right. On, on the field. Yeah, regularly. Yeah. I mean, you and know, it was harmonious and, platoons, yes, right? You guys were all. Mickey and left, you know, Izzy and, and, and Wes and Wright and, and Mickey and, 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 Dunk, and Dunk at Dunk second. Yep. And we knew our roles. And we just played. And I knew if uh, a lefty came in, Inky's going to come in. Right. <laughs> you know, it was, there was no, no reason for, you know, someone to be selfish or anything. Then we had a great leader in Darren. Yep. Yeah. You know, he wasn't going to take any crap from anybody. You know, he, he really was the guy who said, Hey, and Fergosi who allowed Darren to be that on field coach. Well, that's what you need. I think that's what's missing from the day's game. The leaders on the field that take control of the game. So the, the manager just has to worry about handling the game. Right. I remember one of the first uh, meetings Fergosi had that year. He goes, look, my door is always open. But you might not like what you hear when you come in. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm going to be honest with you. So, you hey, uh, you know, because I remember when we got into the uh, we got into the, the World Series and, and, and Inky was a little mad because you know, they put um, uh, Ricky in as the DH. But you got to understand if they had – that's what we're doing. We've been right. doing it all year. You know, we're not going to change mm-hmm. the process of how we're doing things, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, now uh, sorry, one, one, other people say that kind of a key, we've talked to some other 93 guys, and they say one of the keys that, you, that really kind of showed that this team was kind of galvanized together was in spring training when you guys played your old team, the Cardinals, and there was a brawl, right, in spring training. You know, talk about that. Well, the thing was. That's your former team, obviously, too. Well, the thing was. Had had a little meeting with our starting well with all our pitchers. Right. Yeah, yeah. Dave Hollins. Yeah, right. yeah. He had gotten hit. He had gotten hit <laughs> the season before, like twenty sometimes. Well, right. I, I look. I'm not going out here and getting missing games because I get in a fight out here. You guys better police this. So we we're in spring training. <laughs> early in spring training, and Donovan Osborne hit him. 
And I'm like, oh, we're going to see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, so, this is your old teammates, right? Oh, yeah. So you know a lot of these guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So then um, uh, Tommy Green's on the map. Tommy. So yeah. when Donovan Harsbun <laughs> came to hit, he drilled. <laughs> so, okay, fine. So then somebody from their team drilled Ricky. Ricky Jordan. That's exactly. when, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Nobody hits Ricky. The <laughs> nicest, the other second nicest guy on the planet so, next to Milk. So, so the, and that's when it, that's when it broke out. And we right. were just like, no, no, no. But yeah, you, you know, one thing about it is, you know, we policed ourselves. We had a guy don't run a ball a lot. We took care of that. We didn't mm. need the manager to say right. anything. And and that's different today. You know, guys are almost guys make so much money and stuff now they don't even hardly talk to each other. Yeah. I can remember my last couple of years in the minor leagues, I'm like, batting practice is over and all the guys are on their phones. Then I'm talking about the game mm, or right. who you're facing or anything. And you guys lived in the trainer's room oh my God. after the games, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, how much fun was that, Mill? I mean, uh, that, that clubhouse was so tight. Uh, and, you know, the way you would stick around and, you know, to the wee hours in the morning and talk baseball. I mean, for a guy who loves baseball, I mean, that just must have been – what was it? Was it your most favorite year, I guess, 93? Oh, most definitely. It's my most favorite year. But the thing is, it was just a group thing. All we did mm. is talk baseball. Okay, yeah. who we facing tomorrow? The game's over. We're sitting around talking about who we face tomorrow. What's the game plan? You know, as, as a player, we used to always say we want to get double digits and hits every game. That gives us a chance to win. Mm. Um, as a coach, I stress those guys. We've got to get double digits and hits, chance to win. Nowadays, it's double digits and strikeouts. Well, not just hit, not just hits. You guys were really good about taking walks. Yeah. I mean, everybody up through that lineup. So it, it seemed like you were getting on base every inning. It seemed right. And, and also, you know, Jimmy, J Jimmy Grossi, God bless him. He just let us play. Yeah. I mean, me and Isaac had our own hit and runs. We could put them on ourselves. We didn't. I mean, <laughs> you know, right. and you know, we we're responsible. We we knew we were going to put the ball in play. You know, and that's what he trusts. He trusted us and we just went out and we played our games. And that's what's so cool about it. Give you a quick story about 2008 in the World Series. It's one to one going back to Philly. It's raining. So we're in the cage. So it was one of my times I said, hey, let me talk to these guys. I got all the guys in the cage and I said, who wants to be the MVP of the World Series? They looked at me and I said, you know what? If we just do our jobs as we're capable of doing we'll be world champions. I think being world champions is a lot better than worrying about being an MVP. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, Joe, Joe Blanton must have heard you because he had a home run in game uh, four. Right. <laughs> Cole, uh, Han Cole Hamels heard you too, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and then, you know, it's, I guess if we can jump to that, I guess Tom, you, hmm? can we jump to that? Yeah. I mean, like, we could talk, sit here and talk 93 yeah. all day, but 2008 was... Well, because one know. of the things that, you know, I... I I, I've asked several people, we've asked several people is, you know, during that time between when that game five got called and now it's like a day and a half later, you resume. So in that day and a half, you as a hitting coach, what were you t talking to the, to the hitters about? What were you, were, were guys in the cage? What, were, what was the philosophy? You know, how are you going to prepare for that weird uh, game coming up? Well, all we had to do is, 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 is maintain serve. You right. know, we just had to do our job and and, fi and find a way to close the game out. See, the thing about today's game, man, these teams have a tough time closing games out. Everything gets interesting, you know. You, know, you talk about pitch count. Well, back in our day, Nolan Ryan gets you 0-2. You're going to go – he come right after you. He ain't, next thing you know, it's 3-2 now. Right. Guys just came after you. Nowadays, guys are – 
right. pitching away from contact, nibbling, which is getting you in so much trouble instead of just laying here, mano, mano, here we go, let's go. Uh, I talk about it all the time. Shill, you know, I'm not a great fan of Shill, but one thing about Kurt Schilling, he'd lead the lead in, in, in home runs, but they're solos. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? We can we can handle that giving up just one run. Right. But when we're giving up multiple runs, the guys mm. are walking guys and then yeah. the floodgates open. That's that stuff is hard to come back from. But those guys, they were they were professionals. When mm. when everybody asks me what's the difference between 93 and 2008, those guys were better athletes than us. Mm-hmm. Just, and, and they were they were really good, you right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Utley, Utley's probably one of the most amazing hitters I've ever come across in my life because he would give the pitcher a strike. And they still wouldn't throw the ball over the plate first right. pitch. He, he hardly ever swung at the first pitch. But he had so much confidence in his ability that, you know, I want to see a couple pitches. You know, the different approaches, too. I mean, uh, in 93, you have a guy like John Cruck, who uh, was sea ball, hit ball, doesn't need to watch any video. Um, in 2008, did you have any players like that? I know Chase was a video guy. Chase I mean, he broke a it all down. time video guy. Um, I would say if, if you want to compare it, Jimmy was closer to Krupp. Mm-hmm. Just a just an unbelievable athlete, um, and loved to be in the spotlight. Loved the moment, you know, just to walk in and say, "We're the team to beat." You know right, what I'm right, saying? sure, sure. And um, quick story about him: the, the year that he had uh, the 2020s in all the different categories, uh, we were about three weeks had three weeks left in the season, and we're right around the batting cage. And I said, just in Jimmy Rollins fashion. You're going to wait to your last at bat to get your 20th triple. <laughs> and there it was. And there it yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> and the place went crazy. Yeah, that was electric. These yeah. guys, you know, Vic, Vic, Vic Reno would drive you crazy, but he was the energy on that yep. team. You know, he was the energy on that team. And you know what? I loved Bobby Abreu. But when they did that and Vic came in here and brought that energy, it was, you know, because Bobby's so laid back. Yep. You know, Bobby's a great player. But Bobby was laid back, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He just, he, sometimes I talk to him, I'm like, dude, we got that man in scoring position. Don't you want to hit the ball? That ball be that far off the plate. And he, you know, he got a great eye. He'd take that walk, right. <laughs> you know. But, you know, that's the type of player he was. He's going to get his 100 walks and his over 100 hits. Mm-hmm. That's just him. So you got to understand what type of player you have. And it seemed one of the guys that, uh, to me, when I would walk past the cage, it seemed Burl was a big, like, gym rat, like a – batting cage rat right mm-hmm. I, he seemed to be down there a lot so everyone everyone has their different yeah. philosophy whether it's yeah. video in the batter's cage right mm-hmm. and i guess you as a hitting coach has to play to the, or understand what they're what motivates them right and even in this different drills like i see you guys you guys would get on a knees sometimes right and just swing work your hands right mm-hmm. and work your hands and you do other things talk about the, the different drills you would do with the guys well, it's, it's very important to, first of all, develop the trust and the relationship. Mm-hmm. See, once you have the trust and relationship, it's it's really easy. Like, I learned a lot from uh, Bobby. That's where that one-handed stuff started, Bobby and Jimmy. Like, after batting practice, I'd go down in the cage, and we're working on our, our, our hands, using our hands and taking our body away from us. And you'd be on your like, knees, right? Yes. Or, yeah. Yes, to take your legs away from you. And then, and then with Burrow, you know, this kid – was so amazing in the minor leagues. And I think we did a disservice to him to try to tell him he's got to pull the ball once he got to the big leagues. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because he, if you talk about somebody that reminds you of somebody, he reminded me of Dale Murphy. Hmm. The way he hit the ball to right field with, with authority, almost like a left-handed hitter. And um, he, he, Pat, I remember when I first got him, because him and Jason Michaels were from Miami, right? Yep. So 
we're sitting there, and uh, I think we were in Clearwater. No, we were in Savannah, we were in um, Reading, and he's taking fastballs, you know, two one and stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, well, my college coach told me that they're going to throw me an off speed pitch in this situation, and I was like, wait a minute, this ain't college. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and say, so let me explain to you how Charlie puts it. He says two one. No, 2-1, 2 one they're half two counts. He has to come to you. You got to be ready to hit, you know? You know, I, I, I firmly believe that I have, I'm ready to hit, you know. I'm ready to hit the ball until I'm not going to hit it. <laughs> you know, I'm always looking to, to fire on the ball. Most guys, you know, today, I don't even know how they do it. You know, they got so much information. This guy, this pitcher, 2-1. Uh, one two throws a slider sixty four point five percent of the time. What's that do for me? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> thinking too much, right, Mel? It, puts, it gets me up it here thinking about head. stuff. I'm yep. like, what? What does that do for me? Yeah. You well, know? again, equating it back to golf, it's almost like too many swing thoughts. I got to keep my head down. I got to keep my legs quiet. I got to right. And if, sometimes, if you have too many swing thoughts, yeah. then you can't get the the one thought that you really need is just to approach the ball and hit the ball. Yep. Let me tell you something about golf. I can hit a 95-hour fastball and not even think about it. Here's a little white ball not moving, <laughs> and it frustrates me. <laughs> but that the is... thing is, like you said earlier, you got to let the club do the work. Right, yep. You know, and it's so, it's so amazing how, uh, quick story, um, I'm playing this guy. He comes in. He goes, you know, mind if I play with you? I'm like, sure. Then he gets his little handicap sticker out and puts it on his golf court. 150, 150, chip putt. Hmm. 150, 150, chip putt. Here I am. Here, here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. This game's easy, Harry. All right. Oh. What was what was Jason Worth like as uh, teaching Jason Worth or being his coach? Well, Jason, um, number one, Jason was a very good, uh, as far as that, um, knowing what he was looking for. And I think in those years, he was the guy who saw most pitches out of any hitter. Very disciplined, you know, but he could, drive, he, could, he, could, he could drive himself crazy sometimes. It's like one day he was yelling at me at the end of the game. We're playing the Washington Nationals, and we're at home. And uh, the guy got ahead of him, and he quick pitched him. Well, he started yelling at me. You didn't tell me he quick pitched I'm like, really? You don't blame me for that. <laughs> but, yeah, this, this guy, he, he, he was a tremendous athlete. You know, yep. mom, sprinter. Yeah, I mean, mm. he comes from a great gene pool. His, his uncle was Schofield. Yep. So, you know, mm. it's great gene pool. I mean, he, you look at him. I remember when I first saw him with the Orioles as a catcher. I'm like, man, he's too tall to be a catcher. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, then he went out to the Dodgers and, you know, they put him in the outfield. This, guy, this kid was very athletic. And, uh, you know, if you get out of his, if he gets out of his own way sometimes, you know, sometimes we can get in our own way, thinking yep. too much or trying to do too much and just letting the game come to us. And that was one of the things I just beat him up about. I said, you're a great athlete. Just play. I just, just calm it down and play. <laughs> and what, what about, you know, Chooch? Now, Chooch was always known as a, you know, more defensive catcher as a guy that started off as a second baseman, right? Yep. And then mm -hmm. he switched over to catcher. And I think Chooch grew into, much like Dutch, grew into a very good offensive hitter. Talk about his progression well, from the, the thing about Chooch is people don't realize to be a number eight hitter in the National League is one of the toughest things. Mm. 
because a lot of times they're going to pitch around you to get the, get get that last out off the pitcher. And he really learned how to be disciplined and know when they're going to come at him and when they're, you know, going to pitch around him. So that's, that's very important. And, and, you know, I say it this way. After about four or five years in the big leagues, I pretty much knew what type of hitter I was and what I needed to do. You know, and be consistent with it because you've seen most of the pitchers a few times and gotten an idea of what they're going to try to do to you and what you need to do. And that's and that's the whole thing. It's a chess match. Adjustments back and forth, right? <laughs> it's a chess match. You know what I'm saying? I, I tell guys all the time, I said, if you let the pitcher get you out four times the same way, something's wrong. Right. <laughs> Something is really, really wrong. Yeah, it's all about adjustments yeah, back and forth, right? Exactly That's right. Well, one of the one of the things I I, I preach to kids now is uh, I used to call it one a day back when I was growing up, this one a day vitamin. Get one, then get greedy. <laughs> Guy goes, oh, I want you to get three hits today. You got to get one before you can get three. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I get one and I get greedy. But where that really comes into play, I'm coming up for my fourth at bat. I'm over three. Got to get my one. Right. That's the good mindset instead of, oh, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you mentioned an eight-hole hitter. Would you coach a guy because, you know, okay, they might be trying to pitch around me to get to the pitcher. Would you would you tell him to, hey, you know, how to be a, a, a bad ball hitter? Like, he's trying to pitch around you. Do you want that guy to take the walk? Or it's like, hey, if he's going to – if you know he's going down and away, look for that and swing it, maybe a ball that's out of the strike zone. That's why – Chush became such a good player. Mm. He mm. knew that, you know, if I got a guy in scoring position and they're going to try to get away from me, just stay there and drive that ball over there in a certain situation. That's why I said he knew when to be aggressive and he knew when not to be aggressive. Yeah. That's what's so hard with this game. You know, uh, I look at, you know, I love Vuk. Vuk always had a great game plan for everybody we faced. Mm. You know, he had that book, <laughs> the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> you the know Bible. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, I... I learned from that because I always kept a little book on every pitcher that I was facing. You know, I don't want to know spin rate. I want to know fastball, slider, curve, change. What pitches does he throw? I don't mm -hmm. care about spin rate. Then when? Because it's got to go over the plate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the most amazing thing for me, guys guys get too caught up in, in, in stuff. What's the launch angle? What's this? What's that? How about me just squaring that ball up? <laughs> See ball, hit ball. Uh, I know John's getting ready. Uh, no, well, I, I want to make sure. Well, yeah, go ahead. Maybe you're going the same direction. Well, no, I had one last question for Milt, and that was, you've been around for a long time, and in 2008, we win. What was the parade like for you to be to, to, to get so close a couple times and to put all the time in, and then uh, you got to see Philadelphia explode and, and be in the middle of all that? One of my memories I will never forget mm -hmm. i mean we we got in buses over in deadford and we came over across ben franklin and we got in the, in the all the you know down on delaware avenue delaware avenue yeah and, we loaded up yeah and then we all came out and to see the crowd follow us because like we're going down broad street and if you look over everybody yeah. after we pass they're running yeah yeah <laughs> towards the stadiums <laughs> and when we got down there i've never seen that many people before in my life yeah, you know, and then we go and and we go into the link, <laughs> and that's packed. <laughs> and we go around, yeah. take our little. Then we go get in cars, and then we go and get in the city. I mean, it's breathtaking. I'm telling awesome. you, I, I'm, uh, you know, when you, you're riding in that convertible car and you're driving out, and you're like, oh wow, this is this is a dream, dude. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, people ask me what's 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 better, playing or you know, coaching. I'm like, 
it doesn't matter when you win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> part yeah, of, you're part you know, of a team. Part, yeah. right. It doesn't matter when you win. I yeah. mean, everybody yeah. goes, oh, Mitch Williams, this, Mitch I'm like, look, we wouldn't even be here without Mitch. Mm-hmm. And the way I looked at it, it was like this tremendous roller coaster ride that came to an end with one pitch. Right. Which wasn't a bad pitch to anybody else but him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But people don't realize that if we, if we don't get in trouble in the in the bottom of the eighth where we had to bring um, Larry in to get out of that jam, yeah, we would have got the. If we just go out and hand our, we would have had the top of the lineup. Yeah. And let's back up to 15-14. Yeah, that, that game was, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, a killer. Let's just back up to that. Yeah, that was you a killer. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, if we win that game, it's over. You know? Well, you got. That's why I'm happy. You, you yeah. know, you got your chance to yeah. to go down Broad yeah. Street. You know, it was it was uh, uh, something I will never forget. That was the coolest thing. You know, and then a few years a few years later, now the Eagles get a chance. Yeah, to yeah, just, yeah. It's just unbelievable. You know, when 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 you're world champions, that's that's. Uh, Especially in this city. That's a pretty cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and I got to, before we, get, we we're going to give you a quiz, by the way. I don't know if you, if you know that. No. I do a quiz to everybody. It's all about your life. Eight <laughs> questions. And we throw a little calculus in there, too. <laughs> we throw a little calculus, <laughs> yeah. A little world geography, uh, some physics. Um, but before we do that, one play we did not talk about, Milt, which everyone talks about, right? We didn't, we didn't talk about this. Start at the trifecta, John. April 29th, 1993, <laughs> Jack Murphy Stadium playing the Padres. Uh, uh, and we are facing David West on the mound, right? Mm-hmm. And we're facing Bob Guerin, who's their catcher, uh, who is batting fourth, I believe. He was like, then he already had a big day. Uh, and Meanwhile, what- Mildred already had a, a big day. He had three hits, two RBIs in that game. Yep. We're winning 5-3, but bases are loaded. Bases loaded. What happened? Hit in the air to deep left center field. He caught it. Thompson caught the ball, a terrific catch by Milt Thompson, a game saver. Another look. Watch Milt take away a grand slam. That yeah. ball is out That's of out here, of here. All right. he pulled no. it right back into the ball yard. Terrific job, and Lenny is all over him immediately. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about that is we're playing no doubles. So that means I had to back up to guard against any ball right. inside of the. So you're playing deep anyway. I'm playing a little deeper. Yep. I never play that deep. Yeah. So situations always, you know, happen. And so the ball was hit, and I got a good jump, and I got back to the wall where I could get myself in a position to get up, you know, whereas I would have never got back to the wall if I'm playing in my normal position. So and, and it, it was just. An unbelievable play. That's something as a kid you dream about. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah right. Robbing a grand slam. You like, do you ever watch that on videotape now and like, and just relive it and say, "Man, I can't believe I got that." Well, the funny thing is, if if I'm walking around somewhere, that's the one play that everybody knows. everybody remembers. Everybody remembers, and they're like, "Man, you remember robbing that grand slam?" Like, right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Didn't Lenny? Uh, you guys are coming off the field. Lenny's yeah, jumping on you. <laughs> yeah, but didn't you get like poked in the <laughs> eye? You went to high five and you missed, and you know, Lenny, Milt's coming off the Lenny field. Poked you know? in the eye? Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know that. But then John, we go to L.A. and um, oh. you know, teams on a roll, and Mickey ends that game on an unassisted double play. He dives to his right, I guess, and then steps on second. 
fucking Tommy Lasorda is, you know, throwing oh. his hat. He can't <laughs> believe the Phillies. And then we come back to uh, Philly. We face uh, Lee Arthur Smith. Mother's Day. On Mother's yes. Day. And Mariano Duncan yep. hits the Grand Slam. Yep. And I've never, that, the vet, you know, we probably had, now the people were start, starting to sell more tickets. And, you know, we're, it was a good Mother's Day crowd. And when he hit that Grand Slam, you, it was that when you knew, Mil- oh, well, you yeah. said spring training. But then yeah. after that yeah. Grand Slam, I think we went 17 and five in April, and then you know that was in early May the uh, the, home, the Grand Slam. But did you know then that oh, you yeah. know we're oh, on it we're was going? Then one of the last ones is when we went into Montreal for a big series, and we 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 really were focused, and we we won that one. And then of course the clincher in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh my God. And the party in Pittsburgh. Oh my God. Was that was that a great night? <laughs> oh my goodness. I think me. <laughs> Me and John Crook had played over a thousand games and never been in the playoffs. Wow! Yeah, huh. yeah. Huh. that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah, so it was. It was. I'm gonna tell you that's that that's a season that I will never forget. And like I said, we we are brothers for life. We we yep. are always hanging out. I'm looking forward to Darren's golf tournament this yeah. year, so we can all tournament. get together because we missed fantasy camp last year. Yeah, so but we're gonna yeah. have it this year. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a great a great uh, group coming in for that Darren Dalton uh, yep. golf outing. Yeah, Tom's Valley. on the board. I we used to be on the board, then yep. handed over to Tom. And that's yeah, gonna be a great weekend. Darren Dalton Foundation, great organization. All right, Milt. Are you ready for the quiz? Oh, There's boy. eight questions. It's multiple choice. It's about your life. So okay. if anybody can do well in this quiz, it's you. <laughs> and uh, Tom, I always put you on the spot. What does Milt win if he gets six out of eight? I think <laughs> Fan Appreciation Day is coming up, and we're going to be giving away a, a schedule magnet for 2022. So, so he gets uh, a schedule magnet? A schedule magnet is, uh, <laughs> is on the line here, Milt. All How about right. that? And, <laughs> and any autograph fanatic memorabilia, although the fanatic doesn't autograph anything because he doesn't have really fingers, right? Right? Correct. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's All paw right. print. Here we go. Uh, question one. Now, is this really the name of your high school? It, was it Gator, hard, was Colonel it, Colonel yes. Zodiac Magruder? Yes, Colonel <laughs> Zodiac. Yeah. Who came up with that one? Who knows? Yeah, so you attended Colonel Zodiac Magruder High School in Rockville, Maryland, right? Yes. I was going to ask you a question about who is Colonel Zadie Zodiac A. Magruder. Do you know who Civil that War. Is? Civil War guy. I was yeah, yeah, Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming on the Union side? Or no. no he was now Maryland Maryland Maryland's. Yeah, yeah Maryland's Confederate. Side, so yes. Yes, okay. All right. Which of these celebrities did not go to Colonel Zadiac A. Magruder High School? Right? So three of these celebrities went there. You're not included. You're, we, we know that you went there. So three of these uh, celebrities went there. One did not. Okay, tell me the one that did not. A is comedian Sarah Cooper. B is actor Chris Carmack, who was in the OC, Nashville, and Grey's Anatomy. C is Match Game 76 panelist Soupy Sales. And D is former NBA player Jerome Williams. Well, I know Jerome went there. Okay. So I'll say Soupy Sales. Soupy yeah. Sales. <laughs> I, I always see. We love throwing that guy in there. I throw Match Game 76 people in there. Milt, and and Milt always, listens to our podcast. It's always so. Bill Collin or Nipsey Russell or Fanny Flag or somebody from, from there. Gene Rayburn. All right, one for one. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, you went to uh, Howard University. Which of these celebs did not go to Howard? Okay. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, actor and comedian Red Fox. Pulitzer Prize and Nobel Prize winner Toni Morrison, and D's Roxy Roker, who was the actress on The Jeffersons, and who's also the mother to Lenny Kravitz. 
Did you know that? Roxy, I didn't. Roxy I didn't Roker know that. Yeah. was uh, the mother. Yeah. 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 Yep. So Red Fox. <laughs> Red, Red Fox, Fox is did correct. <laughs> Red Fox is correct. He did not go to Howard. All right. See, you're <laughs> so two for two. Two for two. All right. Your first professional team was, I believe, with the Kingsport Braves, right? Yes. In 1979. Kingsport Braves in 1979, which was not your teammate on that team. So we're going way back in the time wow. machine. All right. Way back in the time machine. Was it? Uh, Rick Behenna, Harold Williams, Brad Kaminsk, or Frankie Bowens? Frankie Bowens. <laughs> Frankie Bowens. You know who Frankie Bowens is? No. <laughs> Frankie works. He works here. He works for the Phillies. I always throw in a Phillies employee. Frankie's a man. Love Frankie. All right, Frankie, got a little shout out. Now you got to listen to our podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're three for three. Question number four uh, Name the player that was never involved in a trade for you. Okay, this player was never involved in a trade for you. Glenn Wilson, Kurt Ford, Steve Lake, Tom Edens. Glenn Wilson. Glenn, Glenn Wilson, Wilson. Correct. Four for four. All right. We're, getting, we're going more baseball uh, specific here. In 1993, who led the pitchers in hitting with 16 hits, two home runs, and a 222 average? Was it Danny Jackson, Kurt Schilling, Tommy Green, or Ben Rivera? He had 16 hits, two home runs, and a 222 average. Yeah, it's between uh, Tommy and uh, Danny. Tommy, uh, okay, so yeah, so. Um, DJ. No, Tommy, Tommy. Green. Oh, Tommy I knew Green. it was between Tommy and DJ. Yep, all right, that's all right. You're, you're, you actually have leeway for one more miss, but I don't think you are. All right, Anki and Dutch led the 1993 team in home runs with 24. Who was second with 19? Was it John Cruck, Lenny Dykstra, Dave Hollins, or Wes Chamberlain? So again, Inky and Dutch had 24. Who was second with 19? Was it Crocker, the dude, Head, Headley, or Wes Chamberlain? Dude. Dude is correct. Dude, I, was gonna, right. I would have said Head. How about that? You would have said that? Yeah. All right. Uh, what year did you have your career high in RBIs? Was 68. You had 68 RBI. Was it in 1987, 1993, 1988? Or 1989? 89. 89 is correct. Bang. So he's already qualified for the schedule magnet, 2020 <laughs> schedule magnet. Now you have one last one, and this is a ridiculous question. Um, which of these celebrities was not born on January 5th? Now you were born on January 5th, correct? Uh, which of these celebrities was not born on February 5th? <laughs> January 5th. Ja- what did I say? Uh, January 5th. Did I say that right for the first time? I think I switched up. January 5th. Uh, former pitcher Mark Fidrich, Bradley Cooper, actress Diane Keaton, musician Marilyn Manson. Oh, wow. So was it Mark Fidrich, Bradley Cooper, Diane Keaton, or Marilyn Manson? Mark Fidrich. That is correct. Mark Fidrich <laughs> was not born on January 5th. He oh, went yeah. seven I should have said eight. Tommy Green. Seven oh. for eight. Ah, you almost had the uh, bat of the thousand. I didn't know DJ was a good hitter. Yeah. I always thought, because Shill wasn't too bad, Dom. right? Dom. It was, it was either Tommy Tom, or Tommy, yeah. Yeah, well, I've seen him hit a golf ball. Yeah. <laughs> I assume he can hit the ball pretty well in baseball. You know what trivia question? We'll end with that. This is a great trivia question. Milt is only one of three Phillies in the history of uh, this franchise to play in a World Series uh, and be a coach in a World Series. Can you name the other two? Bo and Vuk. Bo and Vuk. Yeah. So Milt, Bo and Vuk. How about that, huh? Yeah, and we were, just awesome. talk- we were just talking, too, yeah, before we, we close out. 
We were just talking upstairs yesterday at lunch. We were saying that 93 team. Talk about old school. You had, I mean, just think about all the old school. You had, you know, we obviously mentioned uh, Jim Fregosi, but you had yeah. Johnny Pods, right? And even like, not even on the playing, not even in uniform, yeah. you had Jeff Cooper, the trainer. You had Frank, the, you know, Cope Barker, your clubhouse guy. <laughs> I mean, it was like, if you're like one of us, you're walking into the hornet's nest <laughs> anywhere you go in. You got to navigate around you guys, the players. And then you got Macho Row you got to walk yeah, through. You got you Macho know. Row, then you got They'll the, put you through the ringer. The trainer might have been tougher than Macho Row. And then, you know, the, <laughs> curmudgeon Frank, you know, yelling oh. it for whatever, but it was all good. Awesome. And you had you Vuk, know, you know, Vuk you know, and you Boa. Gotta, <laughs> you, you know, you got to understand that to make Jim Eisenreich feel yeah. welcome, yep. <laughs> you know, these guys, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, I, you know, Jimmy's just a, tr a tremendous person, but you know, we just said, Hey, Jimmy, you know, you're one of us. You yeah, know yeah, yeah. You know, we really didn't understand, um, Tourette's. I know it's quick story. I mean, I'm going to tell it anyway. Second day of spring training, um, Jimmy asked me for a ride to uh, the ballpark because uh, his family was there and mine wasn't. And we were right next to each other out on the beach, Clearwater Beach. I said, yeah, sure. So he gets in the car and we're, we're heading over the first bridge, over the second bridge, going up into the middle of uh, Clearwater. And he had an attack. Mm -hmm. Almost ran off, the, ran off the road. He scared wow. me so bad. But I had no idea. And, yeah. Know, yeah. How about it? And you didn't know. I, I, I had heard it, but you, okay. don't, you, know, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know what you know. it's going to look like. Yeah. But, you know, this, this guy was just a tremendous player who had to, you know, step away from the game because right. he yeah. had to get the medication to control it. Yeah, you know, but as but you guys almost healed him in that yeah. sense. Yeah, that Cruck told him he's the, uh, the the sanest one here. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, he was calling him Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he had a bow and arrow too, and you know. But that was that was that was a perfect place for him because yeah. it just you guys he you guys brought him in instead of feeling like an outcast, which I guess he felt then. You know, but if anything, he was one of all you guys. You guys were all unique in your own way, and right? And so, and I think that's where kind of he really blossomed. And, you know, I know I've talked to Jim a lot, and he just, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you guys were, were like a big family. It was his favorite season, too. Yeah. 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 No question. Well, this was great, Milt. We really appreciate you coming in. Uh, I know we're going to see you around. We're going to see you at the Darren Dalton golf outing. Yeah. The celebrity event is the night before on the 10th at Live Casino. I think there's still tickets uh, available for that. So uh, people want to come out and kind of hang out with the 93 team and uh, great remembrances of Dutch. So, uh, John and I, I think we're going to do our uh, podcast. We're going to make that announcement, right, John? Yeah. We're, well, we're also going to see him down in uh in fantasy camp because fantasy camp uh same thing for making plugs now yeah. this is gonna be a great year to do it aaron rowand is coming down uh charlie i mean it's uh, uh i believe it's uh, if i'm not mistaken it's the 19th uh or yeah the 19th to 23rd yeah right of january always the third down, week. down always in uh third spring week. down in clearwater florida so always a good time yep always a good time milt thanks again for coming in yeah, thanks milt welcome, thanks a lot all right john i guess we're gonna sign off then uh another great show and uh we don't know who our next guest is it'll be a surprise to you and it'll be a surprise to me we're working <laughs> we're working on it there you go all right buddy thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next time Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.